Welcome to Tagged Up, the podcast about video games and beer. I'm Ben, here with Lucy. Hi. Oh, hello. Hi. It's a pain-strained high. <laughs> Will we get into that later? Is there a reason it's a pain-strained high? Oh, I've just finished eating and I need to sleep. That's fair enough. <laughs> Have you got some room in you for some beers? <laughs> God knows, we'll try. <laughs> might just be the one today. We'll try. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and we're joined by Adol. Hey, dude. Hey, how are you guys? Yeah, good. Have you got room for beers? Uh, yes. Perfect. Let's start with you then, dude. We'll oh, no. <laughs> ah, see, I've done a thing where I've picked a beer I've had before, okay. but for a specific reason. Uh, not just because it's a Wiper and True, and I love Wiper and True. Sure. Uh, it's the Pale Ale Kaleidoscope, um, mm. which all three of us have had, and I think mm-hmm. I'm pr- I'm sure we've talked about it in the pod. We would definitely have uh, at least mm. once, if not twice. But the reason why I brought it up was because um, it's, it's story time. Um, I got a box of them um, from my friend's workplace, my housemate's workplace, I should say, uh, because they have a small bar cafeteria, and. The beer was going out of date, and even though things are opening up, um, a lot of the stock can't mm. be served because of the date stamp. Um, and so I just wanted to use this as an opportunity to remind everyone to check in with your local stores Good. that serve craft beers and places mm. and small bars, because this was a win-win for everyone. They couldn't sell it to customers, but they could sell it at cost um, not out of their bar. Sure. So they covered their costs, and I got 12 Wiper and True for about two quid each. Nice. Um, and I will definitely, like, we all know that there's a buffer on um, these these sell-by dates. Mm-hmm. Although we have had a couple less good moments, um, I guess, in the past couple months, now I think about it. But it just, it, it's just, it's really easy to forget that we don't just have uh, buying from online services and bottle shops but also there are places who could you could really benefit and help support offsetting their costs and getting a deal so mm-hmm. um not only do i get to have a lovely waiver and true beer but i get to say that spiel and remind people to do good by everyone who sells craft beer good good and i really we should have all coordinated all had a wiper and true uh, mm-hmm. this week because they produced the um festival beer for the bristol craft beer festival which was on last weekend Usually it's a big kind of collaborative effort by four or five Bristol breweries. I think it was just Wiper and True this time, probably because of COVID. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the the beer festival went on. We didn't go. We deferred our tickets to next year. But I hope everyone had a very lovely and very safe time. Um, I'm sure we shall see from stories coming out of the next few days when everyone's recovered from their weekend, perhaps. Uh, but nice, nice. Good start at all. Uh, Lucy, how about you? Um, I've been pretty hooked on, uh, Overtone beers oh, yeah. recently, um, from Glasgow. Uh, one of my locals, um, 
often get shipments in for them, so hmm. I've been ordering them. Uh, but yeah, I've had some really solid beers from them recently. But um, this one I'm gonna drink. Start with this one is a pale laurel. It's five point five percent. Let's see if there's any flavour text. Ooh, hops are Columbus and Laurel. Um, yeast, Vermont. Malts are extra pale, wheat, and Cara. This pale uses Vermont yeast to create a wonderful peachiness paired with the Laurel mm. hops, lightly floral, and herbal notes. Yeah, not much else. 440ml can. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Looking forward to this because every beer I've had from them so far has been very good. Perfect. I I know, um, I can't remember which one, but one of the supermarkets, whether it was Tesco or Morrison's, did have an overtone beer in for a little while. Um, I didn't, I don't think I tried it. I can't remember. It wasn't in for very long. Um, I don't remember which one it is, so... Mm. I won't go any further with that little story. Uh, I'm, I think I've got two beers. I'm going to do a similar thing to uh, what I did last week, where I have uh, another left-handed giant beer from our uh, trip to the brew pub and another supermarket, uh, one of the new beers from Morrison's. They're both about the same percentage, one 7.2, Um The left-handed giant is 7.2, and it's a West Coast IPA. And the other one, which is a Northern Monk, is a double dry hopped IPA at 7.4. So a little more on the percentage. But I'm thinking maybe the West Coast might have a bit more of a kick to it or a little bit more bitterness to it. So I'm going to start with the slightly larger um, ABV tonight. So this is Transient, a hazy double dry hopped IPA, 7.2% from Northern Monk. Available now in Morrison's... Um, this says, find your path as fog descends. Step into the haze in the mist of time. It's got strata and citra in it. There's a hmm. little bit of flavor text about Northern Monk. And it was brewed in the north with Ben Nol- Nolson. Yeah, that's probably how you say that. Um, he is brethren number 79. There you go. I'm going to crack it open. Hmm. Uh, and we'll come back to you, Adam. Good, because I... Forgot how we do things and didn't bother talking about the beer at all and its flavor text and whatnot. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, we've had it. Right. This is a podcast and there is an audience. We don't just read cans to each other. <laughs> it's not our Tuesday night can reading club. Although, well, it's not name for the podcast, I guess. <laughs> it could. Yeah, it could be. Um, so, uh, it's um, a 4.2% uh, pale ale. Um, the yeast is. BRY97. The hops are Citra, Simcoe, Mosaic. And uh, this is our exploration into the flavors that a trio of hops can create. The combinations will change with the seasons, but the intention remains constant, to bring you a pale ale that is harmonious, bright, and refreshing. Um, another reason why I don't feel guilty about um, resampling the same labeled beer is, uh, especially Wiper Intrude in general, but especially the Kaleidoscope doesn't keep the recipes stable mm-hmm. just the intent as they said in that flavor text um it's quite um straw colored i think it looks a little more orange on camera than it is in um person that's the word yeah um it smells really light you can get that you get those those um 
immediately the mosaic uh, and the citra off the nose. Um, you get this like light, slightly floral citrus. And, oh, oh, uh, as always, I'm always impressed by um, Weber and True to the point where I said always twice. Um, it's light and delicate, or nuanced, I should say, as Weber and True are known to be. Uh, although it's sort of not boisterous, it doesn't, uh, there's enough alcohol, uh, there's enough of a viscosity that although it's light, it doesn't feel thin, mm. which is something that often happens when you have sort of smaller tastes but it's i mean it's it's got this lovely citra citrusy bright slightly zesty start and then it moves into this like more rounded melon um which one is it the the one that is looks like a brain outside and is orange inside is that honeydew or is that cantaloupe i get them mixed up all of the time Honeydew's the little yellow one, isn't it? On the inside? No, on the outside. Anyway, the one that the one that's like quite that a hard one. textured outside, yeah. and then orange on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's slightly like that, like quite not quite as sweet, and then it ends with a little bit of a with a nice clean um, bitterness. It's slightly slightly piney, mm. um, and it's kind of as simple as those three things sort of easily moving between each other, but also just being very well represented and very like a clean is there is, is a verb I like using because uh, like it's nuanced, but it's very, the, the tastes are tight. You're you're easily understanding what you're tasting and the flow between them is, is just sort of seamless. It's just like, ah, oh, yes, this is all happening. This is all well designed. It's a, it's an excellent beer mm-hmm. and it is so welcome on this very hot evening. Yes. Um, uh, um, this, um, 27 IBU also forgot to read that this 500, 440 mil can, um, even though it's a beer, I normally like nursing just cause I like the taste so much that, um, I like getting the, like getting the a reasonable amount of the finish before I refill. I suspect it might not last that long just because it's hot out and I want to drink and it's lovely. <laughs> That's fair. Absolutely. Uh, Lucy. Mm. How about you? How's the beer? It's very hazy. Mm. Very cloudy. Uh, it's between straw and light orange in colour. Um, nice, thin, white head. Definitely getting all those hops, the laurel hops, and like a lot of citrus on the aroma. Mm-hmm. It's getting quite like a sweetness as well. Like a, even a kind of artificial light sweetness on the okay. on the aroma <laughs> like it's got that like oh we have just added a ton of sweetener kind of smell to it not saying that's in the toast i haven't tasted it yet but um yeah you're getting just a waft of that on the smell that's nice tastes good um Am I going crazy, or did it say it had, like, peachiness taste yes, to it? Yes, I, I think you did, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's definitely a lot of that. Hmm. It's got, like, kind of a bubblegummy, like, kind of... Hmm. Maybe that's what I was having on, like, the aroma. It's sort of got like that in the taste as well, like, kind of 
bubblegummy um, sweetness to it. Um, yeah, this is this is uh, taking me a bit of time to discern what's going on in this one, but mm-hmm. um, hmm, it's not very bitter. The, I don't know. This one's weird. It's like it's like there's a lot of flavour to it, but it feels kind of hollow. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. It's, it's got like that kind of artificial like taste to mm. it, which is weird because I don't think there's like any sweetener in it, any, um, you know, like they say peaches, but I imagine that's just coming straight from the hops and everything. So it doesn't say anything on the can. Mm-hmm. Columbus Laurel Hops. I don't know. It's, it's it's strange. It's strange. It's got that kind of artificial sweetness that I don't like, but I don't think it has any of that in like the ingredients or any intention to do yeah, that. Yeah, there's just something that's kind of combined mm. to create that feeling, create that slight flavour, which maybe isn't kind of fully there but it's reminiscent enough of something that you're mm. that, that something that doesn't gel very well for you that you pick up on that a little bit more perhaps I'll, I'll, I'll come back to me on this one because mm. I'll, I'll taste it a bit more let it warm up a bit and see if I'm still having those feelings because just this sip that I took once again I don't know if I've become acclimated to it or whatever but it tastes a bit different so mm-hmm. come back to me on this one okay Cool. So, uh, for me, with the transient, it, it's kind of just as hazy as yours, Lucy. But it's got a—it hasn't quite got the the depth of colour to it. It's a little more pale, I think, than than yours is. Uh, the head dissipated really quickly off of it. It was a little frothy, but um, not too much. For a double dry hopped IPA, the nose was really light. I wasn't getting punched with very much at all. There's just a little light um, tropical fruit on there. But not much whatsoever. And I was saying it's kind of got a, a mix of, of strata and citra. I think as I've been drinking it, um, both of them are kind of trying to be balancing each other out. I think on the nose you get a little bit of melon as well. But it's sort of a bit of an indistinguishable melon. It's kind of just a little bit um, of a, a slightly sweet fruit. Mmm. So yes, the the smell on this um, transient wasn't very big, uh, but in the flavour, it's a bit of an odd combination for the two hops. So the strata and that citra are kind of battling against each other a little bit. It's, it feels very fresh. I don't know what it is about strata, but there's something to it which makes thing it kind of everything feels a bit light and feels very fresh, even though it's got this dankness to it as well Um, and I think that's the issue between the two hops there's this kind of light tropical juicy floral notes going on so maybe a a few more um, sweet fruits and then sort of that melon kind of coming together to create a little bit more of a floral sort of mix but then there's this dankness as well to it it's not big it's kind of there in the background but it just clashes slightly with that floral note. Um, it's mm. not unpleasant at all. 
but it just has this slight moment where you think, hmm, that's an odd little kind of move for the for the taste to make. Yeah. It's like, don't shift that way. Hmm. Shift and the other way. And it kind of, it, it sort of leaves you with this kind of earthiness. There's not really any mm. bitterness there at all. Um, but mm. there's just this kind of earthy aftertaste. And I think that is, again, that dankness and that floral kind of hitting each other and then just slowly kind of giving way to each other a little bit and finding some kind of middle ground. Um, it's very dry, though. So that earthiness yeah. combined with that dryness sort of towards the end does make me kind of think, this feels like I haven't brushed my teeth for about four days. <laughs> Um, it's, that sounds it's, less good. Mm, it's definitely got that sort of feel to it, and it's, it's you're refreshed instantly when you have the beer. It's got that lightness to it, um, but it very quickly goes through those flavours to leave you with that um, with that aftertaste. So it's a very odd beer, um, like you, Lucy. I have to see how it is, kind of mm. as I get towards the end of it, uh, and see whether my palate has adjusted slightly. I haven't drank anything else. This evening, so there's nothing to um, you know change the flavour profile. Um, yeah, but we shall see. Uh, Lucy, we're going to move into our topics. Yes. Last week, we didn't get to you know chat to you about whatever you wanted to bring to us last week. I imagine you've got yeah. absolutely tons to talk about. Ah, uh, bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to the heavy hitters. Um, I've been playing a game called Lair of the Clockwork God, Ooh. which is a game that's seemingly right up my alley, because it's a point-and-click crossed with a platformer hybrid kind of game. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, this is from uh same people who made The Swindle, if anyone played that, which is yep. kind of a 2D heist game. Um, size five games is the name of the dev. Um, it's it's really interesting in terms of it's just the concept. Um, I started playing it and it was like I, I it's very much oh I, I love point and clicks I love platformers but <laughs> I don't necessarily want the two to collide. So in terms of a gameplay point of view, this is. It feels very stop and start because you have these right. two characters. Um, one is very much, oh, I'm like the new indie platforming mascot. Um, and the other one is like, oh, I'm an old dusty old man. I like things the way they were. I like point and click adventures and stuff like that. Um, so it's got these two like diverging attitudes in the characters and. It, it is very much like a humorous take on like mm. looking at video game design, looking at how video games have gone in the last few years. Uh, we've kind of moved away from, yes, the point and click adventure and like everything's like a pixel art 2D platformer these days, which is roguelike to me. Yes, roguelike, um, <laughs> procedurally generated. Yes, all those, uh, fun things. And it, it's, in terms of the gameplay, it, 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 as I say, it's very stop and start because you have this one character who's like, oh, I'm platforming, and for example, I'm in this dark room, um, but I can't platform over here because it's too dark, I can't see where I'm going to platform more. There's this light switch, but you say, no, I don't interact with things, I only jump, 
because <laughs> I'm a platformer. Um, and then you have the point-and-click adventure guy who's like, oh, I need to click on this light switch, but there's no light bulb. I need to, you know, fill out an inventory and combine things in order to do this. And it's, so it's very, you're switching between these characters. I like that in theory more than I do in, like, gameplay, because as I said, mm-hmm. it's very stop and start. You're not getting the fullest kind of thing from either genre, but where mm. it does excel is in the humor of it, and as I say, the, the subversion of, like, um, expectations in terms of, and our biases towards, like, these two genres. Um, it, it's got that British humor, that British sensibility to it, and it's I think that's where it excels, and that's where I'm really enjoying it. Um, mm. Just in terms of, oh, you're poking fun at the game industry, game design, um, these two genres, and that's where I, I really like it. So, not doing much for me on the gameplay uh, spectrum, but in terms of, oh, this is a really cool thought experiment, and and they've really, you know, they've succeeded in <laughs> making fun of these two genres while still um, celebrating them in a weird way. So uh, I've been playing some of that, and it's longer than I thought, so I'm still plugging away at it. Um, okay. I did I did hear a little bit. I've heard a couple of um, interviews um, sort of about the game and the, and the process. Mm. Is it Dan Marshall, who's one of the guys yes. who made it? Yeah. Um, and having played the Swindle, I was like, oh, okay, I, I listened to a couple of the podcasts that he's done. I did one with Kez McDonald where they sort of delved into mm. the... Um, into the making of the game a little bit, uh, and it always seemed kind of interesting. But every time I've looked at it, I've kind of thought, "Well, not really. Don't feel like I'm in the mood for that kind of thing at the moment." So I've sort of passed. Um, from what you're saying, I might leave it a little bit longer, maybe until I yeah investigate yeah, it's, it. <laughs> it's something that it's like if you're not going to get the best out of either genre, but you're okay. going to get something that's really entertaining and funny. It's like mm-hmm. kind of how people labelled um, South Park the Stick of Truth. Like A lot of people were like, other than me, I thought it was a great RPG because I don't really play many RPGs, so I like the simplified version of it. But they were saying this is more of a comedy game and it's just right. really good at the comedy rather than the actual turn-based strategy. Um, but for me, that's where I liked it. It's like, yeah. as not a massive fan of RPGs, but in the inverse, it's like, I am a massive fan of point-and-click adventure games and platformers. I'd prefer if it was, not prefer in this case, but it's like, I would seek out one or the other, whereas this is a, you know, just a clash between the two. Mm. And it's like, they don't always fit in a gameplay way, but um, the, the comedy just brings it up to a level where it's like, this is an enjoyable game. So I think you have to go into it knowing that you're not going to get the best out of either genre, but you're going to get, like, a comedic adventure game. So. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah Sounds solid. Yeah. It, it, it's a solid game, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Um, what else? I, I went back to Silent Hill. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> On the Vita, of all things, in the year 2020. Yeah, I'm mean, 2020, and I've played more Vita than <laughs> any other year. <laughs> a dead machine and a very dead <laughs> franchise. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, the Vita seems like the sweet spot of like it's probably better than the PSP, but still has some nostalgia feelings of playing an old game mm. on an older system. 
Oh, yeah, it, it is it a remaster? Or... No, no, it's just the PS1. PS1, yeah, yeah. Classic line, whatever they did, they just oh. put, they just literally pooped out a few PS1 games on the Vita and like, here you go. That was, um, um, I think it, a lot of it was for the PlayStation 3. Around the launch of the PS3, yeah. they re, not, didn't mm. re, remaster, they just brought up a load of PlayStation 1 games. Um, yeah. You know, they did Final yeah. Fantasy VII then as well, I think, uh, and I a think few others. Yeah. Oh, but but wasn't like FF7 PSP era? Because Vita, Vita was like well, when FF10 like, got re-released. PSP maybe. and PS Vita are both PS3 eras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, PSP was like very beginning and Vita was yeah. very end. Very end. Mm. Yeah, like which came first, chicken or the egg? But, God, um, I remember when we were having debates about whether the, the the new PlayStation console should have a Vita packed into it because everyone was like, "But the Wii U, <laughs> Nintendo have done it." Who who is this? Everybody who was yeah, like, about the Wii U. I was not on the podcast at whatever time this was when <laughs> everyone had a wrong opinion by this end. I don't know what the heck he is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast wasn't even going dream, then. Yeah. Who was I even yeah, talking to then? Pre-podcast. No, people on the street. Do, do you think the Vita should be packed in with the PlayStation Four? Yes, that would have been nice. But have been. The Vita yeah. was probably dead by twenty thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> so when did it come out? Twenty eleven. Yeah, it was full yeah. on on death store by twenty thirteen. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it still holds up. It's it, it's. As a, I don't think I played this like outside of a demo because oh, I have vivid memories of like Silent Hill 2. Uh-huh. But when I went back to this, I was like, I don't remember any of this. Maybe I didn't play it other than mm. like a demo disc. Because um, uh, nothing. I don't remember any of this game. But yeah, like this, the sound design. I don't know if they, you know, um, enhanced the sound and stuff like that on whatever release this was. But the sound design's still great. Mm. Like the the fog is still, you know, as a technical limitation. It's still, <laughs> it's still just. It, I mean, it is like great game design to go with like the limitations of the PS One. It, it's it's inspired like still. It's also so. still a crime that they tried to fix it on the HD collection. Yeah, know? yeah, it's weird. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> mm. But yeah, still top top tier. Uh, game and it's it's crazy how like every horror game now is trying to emulate those like crappy polygon graphics now but I think we're definitely in that space where oh yeah PS1 graphics is hmm. it's, it's, it's nostalgic now which makes me feel sick but um, in more ways than one <laughs> the fact that we're all getting old and two Silent Hill even as a you know, as a nineteen ninety nine game, it didn't look good. Um but it had that kind of schlocky, crappy looking horror kind of mm-hmm. vibe to it. Yes. And, and yeah, we've got everything. Well it's it's got that kind of camcorder aesthetic to it, hasn't it, without it being kind of that yeah. Yeah. in there. That's, that's... The fixed camera works really well. Like this fixed camera angles angles just like in Resident Evil or Dino Crisis. It, it, yeah, it, it, I see why people are going back to that because it works. Mm. It's really good, and um, yeah, people struggle with tank controls these days. I, I, I don't know why. I just feel comfortable with them. It just takes a second. It's like, oh yeah, we're doing this again. It's just familiar, yeah. isn't it? Muscle memory. Yeah. Memory. So, mate, 
But people Probably. are spoiled now, so they mm. won't develop it. They'll just be like, no. Yeah. I, I think people try and play with tank controls with a joystick, and that's the completely wrong way mm. to go. <laughs> just play with the defense. But, uh, I don't know. But yeah, it, so it's fine to play. All but one of the puzzles I had to look up on a guide. So yeah, it was a good experience. Um, speaking of playing Silent Hill, mm-hmm. I think it's detracted from uh, the other game, which or games I've been playing recently. Um, there's this game called The Coma 2 Vicious Sisters which is The the Coma 2 Vicious Sisters which is a sequel to a game that I didn't expect to get a sequel called The Coma which is Hmm. a 2D South Korean made um, like horror game set Mm. in a school that's why it reminded me so much of like Silent Hill because like a Silent Hill is just playing through a school. Ah, is this one? Is the the, the 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 coma only come out a couple of years ago? I think it's been kicking about for like a while now. Okay. I think it got ported to like I, I I looked on the Switch because I've tried to play it on like Xbox ages ago, and then I started mm-hmm. it on Switch. I looked at my save; it was like 2017 on Switch. <laughs> it was like oh. Oh yeah, I tried to play that game. This is the first game in the series, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, the sequel, I think, came out last year on Steam. Right. This isn't the um, game that got that the, that got banned because it no, made no, 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 fun out of I think that was Taiwanese. in China. Yeah, is that called Devotion? I think that was mm, a Taiwanese. Maybe. Game. Okay. Um, this is different. It is like the two D horror side scrolling genre, which is quite niche to be honest um, I was trying to think of like facsimiles I was thinking oh, maybe Benjamin Rivers games like Home and Worse Than Death and that game Never Ending Nightmares and stuff like that but there's not a lot of them mm. um, but it's the kind of horror that I can stomach usually because <laughs> like it's not as immersive as like a 3D game or a first person mm-hmm. game um, right uh, this has like well Korean horror is very similar to like Japanese horror, the imagery and stuff like that. So it has like these Junji Ito like kind of design, um, which you know is always good. But <laughs> it it's got a, it's got a really nice kind of uh, it, it's it's anime, but it's like it's got a really nice fluid like animation to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 like manga graphic novel looking yeah, because of that two D thing. It's less anime. Yeah, uh, where where the, the the movement of anime tends to try and give you a sense of 3D in the way that manga doesn't, and it feels much more graphic novel to me. Just looking at the the videos on Steam, and, yeah, and mm. you're you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm glad you're here. Is it um, is it full color or is it sort of tonal? It's full color, but it's okay. got like this kind of like more grayish kind of tone to it. Mm. Like it's definitely going for that like kind of Junji to like kind of black and white kind yeah. of um, style to it. But, uh, yeah, the, the second game is very similar to the first, because I actually went back and finished the first on Switch, because I was like, I kind of like that game. It it, it 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 just got a bit frustrating, but I went back and played it. Played, like, the second, last third of it with a guide and stuff like that, So because I was just getting frustrated, because mm. the whole thing about that game was that Oh, you have this creepy teacher lady coming to slash at you with a knife, and it's like it, it had good so- sound design, and it's um, 
it's a thing where it's like, just like Silent Hill, if you turn on your lamp, or, or, sorry, your, your flashlight, the enemies are going to see you quicker. So right. it's best to turn it off and sneak around. But once you had... It, I think the respawning of like that... Um, the spawns of the, the, the slasher killer lady were, could sometimes be annoying. Um, and once you had seen her, it's like, okay, the, the horror's gone out of that part of the game. But right, then and then it becomes just running. Yeah, and it's and it was just like, oh, I just want to do this one thing. Unfortunately, the saves are like generous, but it's like, I just want to do this one thing. I just want to go there, but I know she's always going to spawn there. Mm. It seems, it, I think there's a hard uh, balance to hit with like horror games where things should spawn at certain times and you should be built up to that kind of moment where it's yeah, like, direction's oh, this, important. Yeah, but when it's like, Oh, I know it's always going to be here. I know it's always going to be unfairly running after me in this section. Yeah. It's a bit of a bummer, but I just don't think that... But on the inverse, you want it to be surprising. You want to be caught off guard. I just don't think the first game got that right. Um, Mm -hmm. So far in the second game, um, second game features like the same characters, and it it picks up right where the first one ended, which I wasn't expecting. But and at first, I was like, "Oh, this seems a lot of the same with some of the same problems as the first, um, but also the same, you know, good stuff from the first as well, like mm-hmm. the art style, more fluid animation." Nice. Um, but this one actually expands to more than a school because the first one set like almost entirely in a school. Mm. This one expands a bit further. Um, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. As I said, I think like that kind of horror we don't really see much in games mm-hmm. i don't play a lot of japanese games to be fair so maybe it's just my closed off uh experience to those kinds of games but these are the kind of like japanese uh korean horror that i can stomach without actually watching any of those films because nice. I, I will not sleep for weeks yeah <laughs> yeah i i had a quick look and um the coma cutting yes. class is um, out on uh, Android for three ninety nine. Oh wow! Uh, and when I searched the Coma two, that doesn't come up. But the game I was thinking about was Detention. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Detention. Yeah, yes. yeah. That one's. Yeah, I've always been interested in that. That's a great comparison because I've always been interested. In that. I just haven't pulled the trigger on that mm. one. That's so currently maybe... free on um, on Google Play. Uh, really? I've hit maybe I should... install. I should... <laughs> I should just get a chief out of well, I have Android tablets. Well, I was no, just like, I, you surely I, have a tablet somewhere. I have an Android tablet somewhere. It's just I'm more lazy to actually fire that up than actually just <laughs> buy like an Amazon Fire tablet. Or something. It's where it takes four <laughs> days to actually start up. <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, maybe if... Um, Apple still dig their feet in um, with this old iCloud thing. Maybe, hmm. maybe I'll, I'll I'll get one. Yeah, business expense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's it from me. Other than uh, Tony Hawk, mm. five thumbs up. Do I need to say more? Well, it's it's. I think it, it's one of those games that it has. Um, it, it kind of it didn't get a price drop. I don't think, but it, it, it retailed lower 
on its release than I think people were expecting it to. You know, saw it come kind of sub £35 for a mm. physical version. I think it's maybe £39.99, £40 for a digital version yes. um, in most places. Uh, which was interesting to see that drop, you know, straight off the bat. Um, I, I don't know what that came down to, but um, I thought, ooh, but perfect, I'll pick it up. But I haven't. Um, I see a lot of people saying that they're enjoying it, um, but have put it down quite quickly. They've not, you know... Who are these people? Who are these people? <laughs> they're liars. The only reason I put it down was to finish Spirit Fair, because that was a literal drug. Yes. It was like heroin. Yes. Um, and then a Monsters Expedition on Apple Arcade, which was like a double shot of heroin after Spirit Fair. Uh, I put like 24 hours into that puzzle game. It's a really good puzzle game. Nice. Play that. It's very good. It's like one of the best puzzle games I've ever played. Um, it's like, have, it has those moments of like revelation that I got in like The Witness. Uh, it's just a soccer on moving logs mm. puzzle, sort of like Steven's sausage roll kind of yes. Zelda pushing block. It's just charming as all hell. It's It's got funny writing and it's it's cute. Animation's great. Just, just play it. Play it. Everyone go buy it and play it. You have no excuse. But, it's the, the uh, same devs who did the snowman. What's the snowman yeah. one called? A, a good snowman mm. is hard to build. And Cosmic Express. Very good puzzle games. But this is just an accumulation of those and it's just even better. But, nice. um, you d- I, a good then I went back to Tony Hawk. I've been playing Tony Hawk a lot. Nice. <laughs> it's good. It's it. To speaking of muscle memory before, with like <laughs> tank controls, this is, uh, yeah, it it it's as close as feel as I could imagine to the original games. So, if you enjoyed those original games, even if you didn't, just just go play. I'd love to be crap at Tony Hawk again, because <laughs> 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 then yes, it, I I know what you mean. But people have played it, finished it, maybe not gone back to it, but. Yeah, I, because when they put like the the revert and the manual in it, it's like six score, two hundred and fifty grand, and then it's like that's like one combo yeah. <laughs> with the manual and the revert. But it's 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 just so much fun. It's like just playing that warehouse demo. And when the reviews came out, I was like, okay, I'm going to preload it now. I'm going to pre-order, preload it. I just played the warehouse demo, and there's nothing. There's no skate to collect. There's no uh, you know, there was, there was six yeah, yeah, so it was just play this, and it was like I did that for like three hours, and it was just that's the purity of those games. And mm. three and played. four, have you not? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do it, and we could play online. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, did I'm you, well, to... hold on, did yeah? Lucy just say we can play online of her yeah, own volition? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Fucking! This is, I want to destroy you. I mean, <laughs> damn! Because, because there are people playing this game who have obviously I played Tony Hawk for a solid good ten years. These people yeah. have been Tony Hawk for like twenty years. Yeah, they never stopped, right? They never stopped, and they're ridiculously good. I'm good at Tony Hawk, but these people have never left the house, and it it angers me. <laughs> um, because you, I want to be the best player, yeah. but I struggle to get more than second place. Do you think they're the I've people who uh, who didn't play skate 
They just kept playing all the Tony Hawks. I've never played... I tried Skate. I didn't like Skate. Mm-hmm. Because my brain is hardwired for Tony Hawk. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I had <laughs> Skate 2 or 4, whatever one was on the... It's not... It, there's no 4. Yeah, so... Right. <laughs> Everyone two. wants 4? Yes. I had 2 or 3, right. Um, I think 2 on the 360, and I played... Mostly, though, I did the Adil thing, where... Um, oh, maybe it was three, where there was, like, a build-it mode where you could just, like, you had access to make your own whatever, mm-hmm. and I just abused the physics skate in all kinds of ways. and never really learned how to skate, so my, except for to the point where I could bounce around between things and get my guy to get yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I played it kind of like, you remember the PSN game Pain? <laughs> No. Oh, really? It was like a OG PSN game for the PS3 era, and it was you. You take the dude and you launch him at things, and you get points. And it's rag. It was like, look, Ragnall physics. It's five bucks. I know of this um, game. I've played it yet. Yes, yeah. Yes. So, so the way I played skate, whatever it was on the 360, was basically make elaborate ways of hurting my skater, or or just making physics not do what it's supposed to do. And never really doing the skating part. You're a sadist. Just go up to the top of the dam and jump off. <laughs> and just watch them crack. But yeah, uh, Tony Hawk is very good. I hope they bring three and four because four is my favorite. Um, I think I think three is probably the best of the series, but four is my personal favourite. I think it's got the best soundtrack. Do you, do you think, I know they have brought in a, um, a like a create a park mode in this and um, mm. from a couple of things that I heard a couple of interviews with the devs, they were sort of saying you know, we, we've tried to make this as robust as possible to allow people to go out and make their skate parks to go and do, you know, famous parks, their local parks, all of these different things. Do you think that that is actually kind of like the future of this? Yes, they might bring out a remaster of 3 and 4 to give you those levels, to try and license that music, have another nostalgia hit for another 30, 35 quid, but that this is the way that this kind of game will live on, that they they will just support, at least into the next generation, um people being able to make new parks and to skate, you know, and and basically try and sell it and advertise it on, you can skate anywhere in the world. I I think it's half and half of that. Mm. I think to, because there's Thug Pro, which was the online kind of like mod for, that had all the previous um, Tony Hawk levels in it, mm-hmm. and it allowed people to play online for you know, add infinitum or add whatever that is, but um, I think, but 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 a lot of creator-made things are not well um, curated. They're not well, you know, advertised, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are just crappily made anyway. Yeah. <laughs> not all the good levels, you know, surface to the top. So I think what it would take is um, Activision. Um, is it B Nox who made this? Uh, almost said Neversoft, but they're defunct now. But yeah. um, it's Vicarious Visions to to make skate parks and mm-hmm. drop them in a kind of like Call of Duty like uh, 
all maps are free. Here's yeah. our next one. Rather than just Go leaving play. it up to the community. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I, I think a lot of people, the whole purpose of these games is that this will just remain amongst the quote-unquote hardcore players where it's like they're just happy to play Tony Hawk again mm. in these really well-crafted levels from the originals. But to get in a more casual audience, I think you have to expand those levels, start making new playlists um, in terms of, like, I think there's like a pro-ranked multiplayer and then just Ooh. multiplayer for everybody. Mm. But a lot of the people, like, it's, it's even unfair for, like, the likes of me who have played it yeah. a long time to be still in the, um, you know, normal multiplayer because there's a massive gulf between me who's coming in second every time and whoever's coming in first with, like, millions of points. But there's also a fair gulf between me and the person who's coming first. I was, I was about mm -hmm. to ask, like, is it really, like, basically tiered between, yeah. like, I was addicted, I never stopped being addicted, Hey, a Tony Hawk game. I maybe played a bit, or I've heard about these. Yes, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it is that. So, I, I think you need a better way of like coaxing those players who are good into other, you know, other 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 lobbies, other ranked um, kind of playlists and stuff like that. And if only they can get. Out there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it also would be good for them to not just be like, not be guaranteed a challenge but like even either like it's they're probably lucky to have even have someone like you on their tail and if it's a huge gulp it's not really there right i mean a lot of the lobbies are probably just people who never played it or people who were casual about it because that's just the majority of gamers today yeah. who have access yeah. to the game right yeah and as i say those people who like those people putting up like massive scores i don't even think they're doing it to like you know make the little guy feel bad or anything. No, they're just they're playing the game, right? Yeah, it's like, because that's the whole thing, it's just replaying those levels over and over again, and it brings in that extra element where there's this competition to it, so even me, who's like exhausted a lot of the levels in 1 and 2, I'm going online just to be like, oh, there's other people here, there's a playlist, it's deciding which which kind of, you know, match we're going to go into, is it graffiti, is it... um uh, you know, combo mambo and stuff like that. It's like, oh, it's curated for you. But yeah, I think the the key is to trying to funnel those players into other playlists and stuff like that. So other more casual people don't get disheartened and then they want to keep playing because that's a that's a folly of so many multiplayer games mm. where it's like people who've put more, more time into it. And in this case, twenty years. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, the the other people are just gonna get drowned out. So, so yeah, put in, put in more content. I think this is a miracle where we have an Activision game and it's not got a season pass. I don't <laughs> even know if there's any microtransactions Mate, in it. It hasn't got a season pass until they've made all of the Tony Hawk <laughs> three maps and then charge you an extra like twenty quid or, or something it. like. Those, those, I, I, I no, so, so, so the thing is. They're so good, so yeah, I, I, I pay for that crap. I don't think they would do three or four mm. on Seasons Pass. I think they'll do a full game release on those, even yeah. though it's probably the I same engine that. and that should be DLC. But the real thing test will be, they did one and two, seems like it's selling well. Will they do three plus four, or will they do three? 
I think that and then four. I think we could add three to this one because it's the same structure. Whereas four is like, oh, there's no clock. So mm. it's very different. And Thug, Wasteland are just completely different entities entirely. So I mean, I'm just I speaking. I'm adding three on, onto this one in a year. And then maybe <laughs> doing. I don't know. I don't know how they'd split. Activision, the world's your oyster. <laughs> I mean, it is, but also, do you know? Do you know if you're getting like a free upgrade to the next gen um, with any of this? Is it just going to be kind of a backwards compat game? I suppose. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a next gen version, right? I doubt they're going to release new updated 4K textures mm. or whatever above what they have. It's just going to be because both we assume the PS5 will play PS4 games. Yep. Yeah, and the so Xbox can play Xbox. So I think this is just a game. I don't think mm. it's a cross generally generation. I'm sure I saw something about this for mm. okay. next gen. It, it, don't it kind of it might be another game. It Quite does Hitman. It does bring us here. It does bring us into a, a a bigger conversation, which I think we can keep for another time, um, of how perhaps kind of with with this now and backwards compatibility and stuff. Um, the idea that consoles, yes, everyone's talking about generations for new games, um, but kind of going forward, being able to play kind of all the old games, does it move into the consoles, move into more of like that PC space um, where you can just play all of the old PlayStation 4 games? You can play, here is that library of, uh, you know, 800 games to be able to suddenly play. And Game Pass kind of does this a little bit, but that's to I mean, be kind of be determined in future games with the X and the S and that sort of stuff and it's a much wider conversation for us to have which maybe would take you know like the first hour of next week perhaps yeah um but i think we should yeah. probably open some other beers once lucy's found this little tidbit I, I, i'm not sure i'm uh, i'm gonna rinse that game i saw it for but i i um i mean it's obviously going to be down to activism but i'd mm. I'd, I'd i'd bet on it being part of smart delivery so yep uh, just depends how yeah. they're gonna uh, support it, I suppose. But to be honest, like, like this game runs at 4K, uh, 60 frames, and it, the frame rate is very steady. I haven't noticed any dips, um, and the UI's in 4K as well. Mm. <laughs> like, it's a very good looking game. Um, I don't think it would need a patch on sure. a newer system. Okay, so, Fair, yeah. Nice. Shall we open some more beers then? Lucy, I'll come to you first. Oh, if you're ready. Uh, I, shall I just pull out one I prepared earlier? You have all your money, mate. <laughs> you do you, yeah. <laughs> Didn't you have... Um, what did you have a few weeks ago, Adil? Uh, He's never going to remember. In which sense? Oh, rock, the Rock 4-8. Oh, yes. the Rock 4A, yeah, sorry. You're, I, 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 now I see you're, you're holding the West Mall, uh, so you, yeah, Belgian, mm -hmm. proper Belgian ale that you can get. Um, yeah, I had the Rock 4A, one of my favorite beers ever. Still one of my favorite beers ever. Surprising <laughs> nobody. Yeah, I don't think I have the space for to open another beer. That's fair. I'm, I mean, there's still half a can left and this. Oh, yeah. So here's one I did earlier. Um... And he's still like what, two thirds of the the bottle. Um, yeah, this is the West Marley Trappist. Probably we've we've definitely had West Marley on this podcast before. 
but we're bringing it back because it's one of the best beers ever. Um, this is a triple. I think I prefer the double, to be honest. Uh, uh, this is the 9.5, which is a lot, but I was, just, I was just saying the other day, it's like, imagine go, just going to a pub and this being your version of Carly. <laughs> and what a <laughs> wonderful life that would be. Um, it's got flavor text, which I've never read before, because as soon as I see this beer, I just drink the shit out of it. Yes, and Is I it not in Flemish or French or no, it's in English. Just spelled... It's in English. Uh, this clear golden yellow triple is brewed within the walls of a Trappist Abbey uh, on a small scale under the supervision of monks. The income is used for their daily life and to maintain the abbey. I want to be a monk. I want to do it. <laughs> uh, no video games, though. Hmm. I could sneak in a PlayStation. Just beer and worship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not a bad way to go. <laughs> if you're worshipping the beer as well, yeah, even better. Um, a major share of the tr- profits is donated to charities. This living beer ferments. Again, in the bottle uh, store. It, it, we don't need to read the storing information. Serve at 8 to 14 degrees Celsius. It's got all the good stuff in it. You know, the barley, the malts, the hops, and it's just a fantastic beer. Yeah. I, I think, in terms of all the Trappist beers, I think the double is my favorite. Mm. Um, I mean, I think that echoes that I the same, the same thing I have with the Rockford, that I think the eight's better than the 10. Yes, mm-hmm. it's that it's that balance of getting all that multi tasty goodness while not getting it too boozy. Mm-hmm. The but boozy sweetness kind of over can overpower at the triple level. Yeah. Well, even spoilers. This is just it just goes down so easy. Like yeah. um, you cannot tell that nine point five percent after a while. Yes, you're getting that alcohol burn and stuff like that, but otherwise it's just. Oh. Like I have the delirium delirium tremens as well. That's Oof. just like. That tastes like water. It's not yes. even right. It's so easy. Yeah. But yeah. That's Good. My second. At all. Which is probably worse than opening the can that was like yeah. a 6.5. <laughs> You'll be fine. Uh, Adam, what are you drinking? Uh, going on the exact other direction, I have got from Nashville, Tennessee. Oh. Tailgate Brewery. The uh, peanut butter milk stout. Oh. Uh, so it's a milk stout with peanut butter flavor, not flavor. Uh, peanut butter milk stout. The name says it, but the taste is everything. Rich, creamy, velvety, delicious. It is uh, 5.8%. The hop it just has magnum hops, uh, which I'm not super familiar with. Uh, and then the malts are pale C65 chocolate roasted barley. And of course, adding to all those is lashings of peanut butter. So we'll see. Love a good lashing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So one of my housemates had never seen Faulty Towers before. Um, and uh, we watched the Waldorf salad. Um, mm. And when, um, if you haven't seen it, watch that. It's one of the best comedies ever one uh the faulty towers and i really love the waldorf salad uh and when he comes in spoiler alert at the end and 
ask Sybil to rent him a room and then like makes he's like and I'd like breakfast in bed and he goes you know like heaps of Waldorf salad and lashings of screwdrivers because he hadn't known what a screwdriver was ah that's good but yeah <laughs> so because of that I'm just like lashings is such a good word <laughs> good um unfortunately there's no lashings on my beer um it's left-handed giant so they don't that give you, you know a of. hue that's true yes uh, left handed giant don't give you a huge amount of info uh, adult I think you drank this beer whilst we were in the group up this is fear of fog um, oh I did yes 7.2% west coast IPA with cryo citra cryo mosaic simcoe centennial and idaho 7 that is everything good lovely as as a lot of left handed giant cans do this oh can art that a Teddy bear on a roof? No, it's just a man. I think he's on a plateau. In the moonlight. In the mm. moonlight. Staring out to the sky. Uh, yeah, so I'll crack this. Lucy, we'll come back mm. to you. It's good. I'm, I haven't drank any of it, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're getting that boozy smell. Just boozy, yeasty, malty smell off it. Just, hmm. it's less clear than I remember. Mm. When I remember, I'm saying like last week because I had one like last week. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just great. Right, aroma. You just know you're in for a good time as soon as you smell it. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. As I say, like the nine point five. Definitely get a, a lot heavier than uh, double, but even so, it's like it's, it's not. That, I'm sure this is lighter than your peanut butter stout, <laughs> and this is like nine point five. So it's it's just good. I, I, how many superlatives can I give it? It's just <laughs> like the best beer ever. Like if you, and it's and they're so cheap. Even over they here, are very, they are very yes, yes, inexpensive. Yes, inexpensive. Yes, I got this um, for like what three pounds. Um, wow, in the bottle. It's just the best bang for your buck. Um, yeah, as I say, you're getting you're getting a little taste of Belgium, all the nice, good old Belgian yeast, getting that very like kind of dankness, that kind of. You know, nice bit of carbonation, but not too much to make it fizzy. It's very smooth at the same time. It's, mm. um, as I say, it, it feels heavy and boozy, but not overbearingly so. So, yeah, this is a nice one to just sip on and just have a good time. But you're not, oh my god, I need like water with this because it's so right. heavy and strong. It's just, it's just that perfect balance of, um, yes, this is you're getting the booziness and the strength, but. Uh, it's not too much, so yeah. Excellent. Good, good ass beer. Good, good. Uh, Adol, we'll come to you. Sure. For the peanut butter. Uh, so milk in the time, it, it is like dark, mm. dark as fuck. Mm -hmm. uh, there's almost no head, even on the pour. There was almost nothing. Uh, you can see it's five point something. Did I say that? Five point eight. Five point eight percent. So like a. Solid, so it's a happy zone we have for stouts where um, it's not too too light for the sake of lightness that you end up being thin. So I'm not I'm expecting some viscosity from it. 
Um, I guess that is peanut butter. Um, <laughs> so it's got a bit of a roasted malt uh, on the nose, uh, and so it was like, huh. And then, and then, uh, because through that, you're getting some of the cocoa and some chocolatey notes. And so why I said, huh, I guess that's peanut butter. Is I was like, what does this remind me of? Oh, this is like a very rich Reese's peanut butter cup. And I'm like, right, it's just because that rich, malty, slightly roasted cocoa t- uh, notes are, are interacting with the peanut butter. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I just like these things. Hmm. Um, huh. Huh. <laughs> Try it again. Just, um, to, just to be sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just not, not a mixture of flavors I'm used to. Um, mm, first sip is definitely one of those acclimatize your mouth, mm-hmm. mouth things. So it is a bit, it, it does have that viscosity I predicted. Um, it, the finish is, is kind of dry and a little sort of dry, bitter touch of sweetness um but before that it kind of the the rest of the taste is really strong and because that's so weak it almost feels like it's not very wet but that's actually just a transition from the lingering finish being quite thin uh, versus the rest of the taste but actually if i think about the mouthfeel it's quite strong but unfortunately it does leave you a little dry um So in the same way as I was saying with the nose, that it's mostly sort of a malty front end with a bit of cocoa, and then you're like, oh yeah, there's peanut butter. It's it actually mm. like plays out like that in the taste where it's like, hmm, there's something sweet going on, and there's but also ah oh, yeah, good a good old roasty stout, and then you're like, what is that? Oh, it's kind of like roast nuts. And they're like, nope, that's that's peanut butter. Hmm. And, and I think, unfortunately, that that transition between sort of a nice stout, literally a stouty stout taste, like a nice broad forward stouty taste, and then that like really thin finish in the middle, you just get um, mostly the peanut butter notes, which like re- work really well with the roasted, like with the stouty taste, and linger only with a bit of sweetness and a touch of nuttiness on the thin finish and those work really well but in the middle it's just like ah yeah kind of kind of not great sort of cheap peanut buttery taste and it doesn't last long but it's this weird transition that i maybe i'll get used to it um you know i've only had three or four Mm. steps but it's like Oh, this is an interesting thing because like when it's boisterous stout I, i those peanut butter notes are there but they're not they're below the regular sort of strong malty stout and so mm. it's like okay this is interesting and like i said there's these like very chocolatey cocoa notes that are like really working well with it to make it you know Reese's pieces used to be my fa- are my favorite smarty knockoff oh you don't call them smarties here do you i don't remember anyway no, um my, my favorite candy coated chocolate um, snack is a Reese's Pieces, but also growing up, we used to because there's three of us. My oh, mom used to buy us the peanut butter cups because it came in three, so we'd each get one. And now they come in twos because why not charge more for less? M and M's peak. 
Uh, no, M and M's are are pure chocolate, and then there's peanut butter M and M, peanut M and M's, and there are peanut butter M and M's, but those are harder to track down. I don't think I've had an M and M or a Smartie for probably like twenty years. Mm. So. so, did you have the M and M commercials? Yeah. Yes. With the Amfer- yeah, so the red one, who's like the smaller one, he's a regular M M&M, and M, mm-hmm. and then the big yellow one is the peanut. They're different M&M. sizes. They they seem equal in the adverts here. <laughs> no, they're definitely different uh, sizes, mate. The yellow one's yeah. taller. Really? Yeah, yeah, and Maybe it's true I'm in the actual really. in the in the I snack. I haven't watched TV for probably twenty years. Mm. Or There's a blue one as well, no. which is like a you're just uh, talking like a nonsense, crispy no, yeah. one. You're lying. Really? Because I only know about the sexy green M&M. Oh. <laughs> it's not green. Are you not, like pulling my leg? No, no. There's a there was a green M&M, and like in the like early two thousands, it was the the f- she was female, and no, like wasn't. the like, this is oh, a favorite oh, oh. green. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there's only two M&M. I don't want to know, but I don't actually know what. The- I, oh yeah, so I think the green M M&M and M was was dark chocolate. Okay, but I can't remember. But don't worry, because chocolate.fandom.com has a article on their wiki called M M&M and M characters. Oh. Red is red rounded, all chocolate. Blue, if you're lucky enough, he might. Oh yeah, he does look like he's the same size as yellow, and he likes jazz. <laughs> Of course uh, he does. I don't have. I there's don't an orange have, one and a blue one. I don't have it in me to continue. With oh, this. I bet. I oh, bet their wow. favorite, so all this of is their creepy. favorite bands Gri- is the California Raisins. It's just the, oh, one, one mascot to another. Like, yeah. But like, Green joined the M&M's pack in 1997 as the first and only female spokes candy until the addition of Miss Brown in 2012. She instantly captivated fans of the iconic candy with her luscious lips, slightly suggestive smile, and white hot go-go boots. Oh dear. Famous for her sometimes intimidating, I melt for no one bravado. Who the fuck wrote (laughs) that wiki article? It's not who wrote the wiki article, it's who made this character. You can see it in a boardroom in like 1998, like, we need to make Eminem's hot again. Mm. How do we do this? We need to bring in the one. Yeah. Yeah, so they made the sexy one, and then the brown one, the the second female, was like the pent up librarian. Brown's sophisticated (laughs) intellectual and wears glasses. That can be sexy. My shell is brown, it just looks like my milk chocolate is showing. Ah, I. I'm done. I'm closing I'm the reading. tab. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. I'm drinking. Google's not well. judging me. I'm drinking. Is it M and S? Not M and S. Is it M and M? S and M. No, you don't. No, Lo- Lucy. Don't ask the question. Don't ask the I, question. You don't want the answer for it. Lucy. <laughs> right in with your best M and M. You know there's a Tumblr blog. Yeah. Oh no, man! I'm just gonna go straight to Eminem tag on uh, DeviantArt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool! Someone drew the brown one and the green one tied up and looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Great! God, I saw that. Oh. Also, someone with gray <laughs> hands is well. So the green Eminem. 
has her feet, which aren't wearing the aforementioned go-go boots, on the table, so you can see the feet, and some gr- to pair of gray hands have a white feather, and they are tickling, and she is saying, <laughs> ah-ha-ha-ha, still no, hee-hee-ho-ho, etc. What do their feet look like? <laughs> like no! human feet! It's really weird! <laughs> I think they like when people draw curvy with like real things. <laughs> oh my god, there's also a really buff, like veiny while flexing oh, green M&M saying, hey handsome, with just these big, huge <laughs> muscles. I'm gonna stop now. I'm stopping. Uh, at least it's yeah, not Don't ever say I don't sonic. do what you ask. Thank, thank you. At least it's not quite thank sonic levels like, of stuff, eh? I, I mean, I didn't go further. <laughs> Also, you have to go to you have to go to old Tumblr, which doesn't exist anymore, okay. right? Because oh, yeah, DeviantArt, yeah. I don't think can do nudie stuff. Um, <laughs> but Tumblr now oh. doesn't do any naughty stuff. Well, what's the point okay. of Tumblr then? Uh, it's not. That's why no one uses Tumblr anymore. It's because when AOL bought them, and was it AOL? Anyway, they sold them to a new company, and the new company's like, "But we also aren't going to allow porn." And it's like, mm-hmm. so the valuation okay. crumbled. Like crumbled from how much they paid, and you're and you're like, we'll buy it, but also we will keep up the thing that means no one will use it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so, that was um, the outlook for a lot of people. That's the shame. So. Mm. <laughs> M and M's at the M and S. S and M's at the M and M's. S and M M and M's at the M and S. There we go. Sorry, <laughs> just thinking <laughs> of all the uh... Tumblr was just. We're not going to get into it, but it's just yep, like... Nope. Mate, I'll tell you what, once I've talked about my beer, uh, Paradise Killer is kind of like the tumbler of video <laughs> games, so we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, yes, my beer, Fear of Fog, uh, West Coast IPA. Arrow, you've had this. Yes. Um, it hits you straight away with... I'm going I'm to go on this really quickly so we can talk about more fucking M&M, S&M and stuff. Um... Look, it's so clear, so clear. It's dark in colour. Mm. Um, it's got a biscuity maltiness to it, but it kind of combines with maybe a little bit more of a dank kind of nature in its in, in its hop presentation. Um, a little sweetness to it. It's an interesting kind of set of flavours. It goes from that maltiness, has a little bit of a danky hoppiness, and then has this very big, piney, almost kind of nutty finish to it and bitterness to it and i think maybe that's the, the the sort of the more the biscuit emolts and that dankness combining to give you that big piney finish um it's very nice it's very easy uh, i love it i love a bitter dank beer this isn't like it's not in your face kind of dankness it's it's um it's very similar to the transient actually in um that slightly weedy danker element to it but the, the accompanying flavors are completely different and flows very, very well. You know, the, the, the flavors in this just work kind of along that taste curve. Hmm. And it's not very dry. It's got a little dryness to it, but it's not, it's not really dry. So kind of everything is allowed to work its way through. It, it all lasts quite well. I can still pick out that pineness front, you know, from the back of my mouth now, without having to reach for the glass. Um, I mean, yeah. 
So, I know it's it is a creeping dank. Uh, yeah, it's a very good, refreshing mm. uh, beer. Yes. I, I think I had it at the right moment um, at the brewery because we then went on to much heavier, uh, more alcoholic, but also more haze forward beers. And I think it's it's got the right level of lightness to start a mm. session, but also just, I, I mean. When it's hot out, it's it's like that nice, slightly crisp, refreshing mm. beer, despite being sort of more malty. I think it's a good compromise on those things. Absolutely, yeah. And it just it just as I say, it just flows very well. It, it takes you very nicely through that flavor. Um, I'll come back to it later, probably to talk more about it. But let's uh, move on to more M and M S and M and ASMR. <laughs> And what was it? M&M's, S&M, and m and m and m and m and m at the M&S. So, Paradise Tune in for my ASMR about M&M, S&M, at the M&S. I bet that exists. That must exist already. I mean... Oh, yeah, it's just... Crunch, crunch. <laughs> not not in the You're mood, Lucy. Not in the mood right I, now. I, I, I don't like ASMR. It, it <laughs> I don't. I, I don't mind when it's like things like vinyl cracking or like raindrops or maybe maybe crinkling, but it's it's the mouth shit. Yeah, right? it's the Where people it's like, talking. Like Lucy, <laughs> I'm going no, to. No. <laughs> Taking out my headphones. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when I accidentally like. Put my podcast down to like 0.5 speed. It creeped me out. Yeah. I was like, "No, this is wrong." See, I don't mind the whispering. 2013 Tomb Raider was no. just oh. so good. <laughs> it's just yeah. so I'm okay with the whispering. It's it's the like when they do like mouth. Like, I think it's just that I don't really like mouth smacking noises, and a lot of it is mm. like the easiest thing to do to make like these types of noises is like like stuff and so when you're right by the mic and you're like like you've got a cob of corn and you're just like oh, no. <laughs> 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 it's just wrong on so many oh, we've taken such I mean, a weird tangent yep Go for it, but just oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. M&M ASMR is definitely going to have yeah. to be the title, I think. If you if you enjoy it, go for it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You're not hurting anybody. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway. Mm. Good. Please right. change the subject. So Paradise, Paradise Killer. Killer, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Take me down to the Paradise Killer with the downloads quick in the Steam. Is it on Epic or Steam? <laughs> it's on Steam. <laughs> I did ah. get a code. I got a code um, from the. Um, what was it? Traveller? Fellow Traveller uh, is the publisher. Um, yeah, I bought it after your recommendation last week. Mm. It was still on phone. Yes. Mm. I forgot to buy it. So I mentioned it last week, yes. Um, it's, it's kind of this. If you didn't catch last week, um, it is uh, an investigative. Um, narrative kind of dialogue based game you are uh, Lady Love Dice who is a judge who is brought out of exile in this absolutely batshit crazy world um, it's it's kind of 
everything that you're um, exploring and picking up and all of the collectibles and this give you some nice exposition about kind of the backstory the uh, about kind of like the islands and the characters that inhabit them and the societal structure and how that works with um, you know with kind of like the real world um, it's it's vibrant it looks beautiful it's got this nice 90s kind of aesthetic to it and the music matches that perfectly the music is phenomenal in this mm-hmm. um one thing i would mention i don't know if you have played it lucy no i haven't started it yet. but um i you'll probably want to tinker with the settings because one uh, when you start running and you get the double jump I would imagine this will hit your motion sickness like nothing because stuff is flying around as you're trying to move. And that's maybe one of the issues with the game is that um, you're kind of on foot around this very wide vertical island that you are having, you know, if you want to get up here, you have got to go all the way around and up and to get there before you unlock maybe the fast travel point to get to Mm. that element. So there's a lot of traversal around this, but that is kind of not what the game is about, really. It's not about traversing around the island. Yes, there's things you can pick up and little bits of um, collectibles for exposition uh, and some kind of some extra little side quests that you can kind of investigate. Um, but this is very much, um, I think Adam mentioned it last week, it's kind of like that um, Ace Attorney kind of thing where you're out investigating um, a, a crime that has been committed. And I've got to a point in the game now where I have investigated and investigated and investigated, and I'm at that point where I can go back to the um, to the, 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 the trial, basically, and I can okay. bring all of my evidence and... Um, basically put people on trial and accuse them of the various different crimes that have popped up um you're kind of given one um one thing to solve but a lot more comes out of this and it's very expansive it's very branching in kind of what you're looking to um to do so you 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 might start talking to a character they'll uncover some information you may find an item and that will lead you to somebody else you can then kind of question them about it. It's got some fantastic characters that you come into contact with, and all of them are just so camp, so <laughs> uh, so well drawn. Yeah. Um, yes, they look very flamboyant. They are very flamboyant, absolutely. And, uh, again, I'll hit on a little criticism at that point. Um, when you jump into the, um, into the dialogue with a lot of the characters, you move to a new screen. You know, the, the, the exploration is first person. Mm-hmm. When you come in to encounter uh, a character and talking to them, it will present just a 2D image of them, and then you'll get all of the text at the bottom of the screen. Um, every now Oops. and then, while you're talking to these characters... Uh, a a voice clip will kick in and okay. I can see why they've done it because they're trying to signify maybe the mood of the character so uh, one of them might say like how dare you or, or something like that which it might not say in the text yeah, right. but yeah, yeah. it's uh, like an admonition 
Ab- <laughs> yeah, admonition, that's the right word. Um, I'm a languages graduate and I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Basically, they're saying, like, how dare you? Um, but not admonition. Yeah, admonition, yeah. Yeah, not nation, but nation. That's what we're throwing us off. Okay, yeah. So, um. Abomination. (laughs) There's abomination. (laughs) So. Enemy of the Hulk shows up a bunch. mm, He does. He's right, (laughs) and he's in the background on the horizon all the time. Um, it, it. It can be a little bit off-putting, just having yeah. this random voice clip kind of kick in when you're trying to read text and it doesn't match up with the, the text, you know, so it, so it puts mm. you off very slightly. You can turn seagulls. it off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are seagulls in this game. Um, you can turn can you that seagulls? off. Did you, did you know that apparently, I, I, I haven't corroborated this, but apparently there is no such thing as a seagull. There's a there's a set of different birds that are gulls that that live by the sea and we colloquially call them seagulls but there's no species seagull which is why seagulls can be in very different sizes and stuff because they're actually different types of gulls just by the sea yeah we and we're just like ah seagulls Mm. (laughs) gulls just like like forest bears gulls You know, the black forest bear and the brown forest bear and the grizzly forest bear, they're all just forest bears. <laughs> oh, man. Basically, all bears that aren't that big white one. Yeah. yeah. That, that's kind the of The Coca-Cola like, bear. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that what a polar bear is? Someone just on one of the poles. <laughs> like, polar bear. Like, yeah. <laughs> Someone out of their own and it's like, what's that? Polar bear. It's like, no, it's just a bear. <laughs> Where was I? Seagulls, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, I am the worst. <laughs> uh, um, admin, uh, admonitions. Oh, yes, um, yes. Yeah, uh, admonishments. Um, yeah, it's uh, admonishments, it's, it's, yes. It's, it's, a, slightly confusing, a slightly confusing kind of uh, a voice clip to the text that's being read. Um, it gets a little bit frustrating, but you can turn it off. I haven't because, um, you know, there are voice actors. People have been paid for this. I'm going to listen to it. Experience um, the game as the uh, exactly. intended, developer. Exactly. Intended, yeah. 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 Um, and, hey, uh, kind of another, I suppose this is kind of more of an issue around sort of depth in what you're asking, what you're talking about with these characters, is that you can kind of go down one um, path of talking to them about something, and they might get like really angry with you. Uh, about what they've been asking, what kind of um, you know, what kind of line of questioning you're coming up with, you've thrown an accusation at them or something, but then they'll just answer your next question kind of normally. Ah. There, there doesn't seem to be any consequence to you mm. making those kind of like accusations um, mm-hmm. on these characters yeah. or anything like that. It is, it is just, you know, uh, question number one. Let's discuss that. Question number two. Let's then discuss that. Question number three. Let's discuss that. And I think it would have been a little bit more interesting had there been a bit more to kind of the um, the consequence to you know what you're actually saying to these characters and stuff. It is very much and feels like um, a point and click in the way that you go and talk to someone. They say <laughs> something. You find an item which either corroborates their story. Or, or goes against it, or points the light at someone else, 
uh, and then you go and talk to that person and you're bouncing around with kind of people and points quite a lot in this, which mm. doesn't tie in very well with that um, issue, with that sense of how kind of stilted the exploration feels, um, how slow that can, that can feel as well. Uh, but mm. it, it is made up by very good writing um, the without even without that sense of depth of that that changing maybe relationship between the characters, kind of the stories and um, what you're what you're actually doing do have a depth to them. So no. nothing is clear cut, nothing is straightforward. It is very much oh, what does this lead to? Or well, there's no answer there. What does that lead to? Okay, well that's now taking me over here. That and it unravels in a way where I think you could not explore everything and kind of hazard a guess maybe at who committed a crime um, and then take that to the trial and kind of accuse them of that. Uh, as I say, I haven't got to that last part of the game yet, so I don't know what that trial element involves, whether I can just throw an accusation at someone and how that will actually uh, unfold with me saying, this is the evidence that I can kind of present and then having their, you know, testimony and how that will work. So I'll have something to report back on kind of next week with that. Um, cool. But so far within mm. the investigation stuff, it's very interesting. It's very well written. Yeah. Uh, just like yeah. it presented a little bit differently. Like it didn't need to be this kind of open world exploration game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, as you say, like the vibe and the look of it is great, but yeah, if that feels a bit tacked on, it's good to know that the writing kind of overcomes that. Just like, yes. you know, like Return of the Overdim didn't have the best kind of like navigation in terms of like rewinding time and yeah, going through, you know, all the time into like, oh, where did I see that dead body? Oh, I have to go through this sequence of time, yes. and then that sequence of time is hard to, you know gauge that kind of stuff and a lot of that game was well not a lot but a portion of that game was like navigating that space in, mm -hmm. a, in a weird way very yeah. much like it's if good. you if you had that one person that you couldn't quite identify you had to then go back through the three or four scenes that they appeared in to yeah. try and link where they were yeah it, it, it's very similar to that you're bouncing around a lot and it's not easy to to do so mm, yeah Detective games just seem like a nightmare to make because you you, you want to have the player feel that kind of sense of accomplishment, but very um, much as yeah. you said, like if if the characters aren't responding to like your questioning in a way that feels natural, it's like oh you can you know basically say they're the killer and then be all happy to them, and it's like there's no oh wait hold on what you know there's no mm. there's no like good like fluidity between the conversation it's just just seems like a nightmare <laughs> i would never make a detective game but um this seems like yeah this seems like uh, everything that i've heard from you and um like waypoint spoke about it so yes i'm looking forward to hopping into it so it's good i i think you definitely enjoy it um mm. i i don't know how long um I don't know how long it takes, but I'm on like 14 hours. Oh, wow. Uh, some of that is the game being idle for a little bit of time. 
mm-hmm. um, where I've played and had a chance to play for sort of half an hour and then left it for half an hour and been able to come back to it. So I don't yeah. really know what kind of my playtime is, but you know, maybe the, I, I suppose with the trial parts still to come, I might hit 15 or 16. So okay. you're probably around 10 or 12, something like that, I would think. Yeah. But it's that's why I got it on Switch for mm. like one of those laid-back games, you know. Absolutely, and it's yeah. definitely worth that time. I think I could, you could spend a lot more in it as well. You know, if you explore the whole island and try and find every collectible and those sorts of things, um, mm-hmm. exploring is is definitely worth it when you're kind of trying to hunt down leads or find evidence uh, and things like that. Usually, stuff is located quite well. So if you're like, hmm. Uh, there's something kind of missing from this element. Like I can see that this has been done, but what would you know? What has done this? Where could that be? And it it won't be very far from from where that is. That's good. And I I, I think as well. Ah, you've kind of exhausted everything. So you have a oh, section okay. on your um. So uh, you can go into your laptop, your tablet. Kind of, it's like your companion element in this, and it allows you to unlock doors and all of these sorts of things to progress. Uh, but also, it's where you keep track of all of the um, sort of evidence and alibis and testimony and stuff from all of these characters. And it has a notes section, which kind of tells you everything you have yet to find some link to somebody or some piece of evidence for, which really helps. Because you can kind of go, right, this is still kind of outstanding at the moment. Where might this be? Let's go back to where this is. Have a look around. Um, You you can unlock kind of ability, so you can unlock a double jump. You can also unlock something called meditate, where um, you, you, on the keyboard, I press Q for a couple of seconds. It blacks out, and when it comes back... There's lots of little hearts dotted about, which are, you know, collectibles, save points, these, okay. you know, those kinds of things. So you can kind of get to that area where you think something has happened, meditate a little bit, and then go, oh, there's something over there. I'll go and have a look and see what that is. And it might be just a collectible, but it might be tied to you oh, know, the, the scene that you're kind of investigating. So it, it, it gives you a few tools to help you along a little bit as well. Uh, like I said, I don't know how long it would take a competent human to be able to do this. Um, but I think I've exhausted all of my, at least there's no notes left in my um, little Starlight tablet. So I've now got to go through everything, go through all of the evidence and kind of go, this crime, who do I think it is? You know, get my notebook out and write down, this crime was this person, this crime was this is person. It, is that a physical notebook or does this game do there's, good there's no the there's no way like. for you to um there's no way for you to kind of link things up right. okay. but in your and on this um on this kind of interface you have uh, folders for the crime which then present okay. all of the characters along the top and might put um numbers next to them to say there are five points linking this person to this crime or two points linking this person to this crime and some of them may be completely circumstantial some of them may be hearsay some of them might just be fabrications and some of them might be clear evidence and it's kind of up to you to go through all of that and work out who you think is actually uh who has actually committed this crime and there's so one of the good things about this there's so much intricacy 
between the yeah. characters and the stories and things overlap a lot and characters at least from what i think characters are drawn in without really having any knowledge about kind of what is the the end goal or the crime will be but they're so linked to it that you're pushed in a direction that maybe they actually are the ones that kind of perpetrate it. Uh, but again, maybe it's kind of bluffing me and, and they are yeah. and it isn't the other character that I'm kind of been pointed towards. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested in getting into this kind of trial aspect and seeing so, so, yeah, how that so, works. And I was just going to say, so the UI does a good job at presenting that in a way that's not cluttered. Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay, good. Because... Always find that can be the downfall of these types of games. It's like, right. oh, where did I see that? Didn't that one person say that one thing? I can't remember who or something like that. But if it presents that in such an easy manner, then yeah, that's half the job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So cool. yes, um, like I say, I've maybe got an, an hour or so left, mm. perhaps. Um, but it is the the important part, I guess. The whole I'm going to accuse this person. Where does my where does my story kind of fall through? Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I've kind of been it's been hinted at that once you get to the trial that that characters may you know start to turn on each other a little bit. So I assume Ooh. there's some kind of you know questioning element from me to this. It's not just I think it's this person. Here is my evidence, and then the judge. Um, kind of has a look at that. I imagine there is some kind of questioning element too, which may uncover more stuff. Um, so, yeah. A bit of Joel and Tommy, like, I'm going to kill one of you doesn't tell me the right thing. Exactly. Exactly that. Pit, yeah, pit them amongst each other. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And they're all fucking snakes, so <laughs> that's fine. Colourful snakes. And as one final note, one final note: you can't you can't romance characters, okay? But you can hang out with them, and past romances may reignite. Ooh! So that's in there for you too, if you love a little bit of black screen, Ooh. you know, <laughs> nothingness, where you can just think about maybe what is happening. <laughs> Didn't notice that kind of game. Adol, you've you've muted. Yep. <laughs> I was looking something M&M. up and was trying to be subtle, so I was like, I oh, won't no, let the no. keyboard noises go, and then I didn't mute. It doesn't matter. Fade to black. Uh, what I what I said was sometimes the fade to black is way better than any sort of on screen thing you could see. Absolutely, and it's it, 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 it isn't even subtle. It's like, hey, shall we fuck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I kind of wish it was more subtle. Back so up, then you could make your own. Like, Let's never talk about that again. Sure. Oh. Ha. Okay. <laughs> totally noted. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's Paradise Killer. Something for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, sort of. Depends if you've got another tab open on Eminem. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Incognito mode, friends. Don't forget it. <laughs> oh, is it M and M or M and M? M and M. S and M. It's technically S ampersand M. So it's M ampersand M on the packets. It's S and M. 
And it's M percent S. I thought we were still just talking about M and M's. What are you on about? M and M's is it has an ampersand as their official typography. Yeah. So S and M is usually honestly usually. I didn't. We didn't ask about that. Did anyone? I asked all of them. Yeah. No, I did. Yeah. What about M and S? M and S is definitely an ampersand. Ampersand. Yeah. And it's 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 weight in rows. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're running out of time to come to it for another topic this week. But Adel, I think you've had your very dirty, dirty chocolate topic. I didn't bring this up. I just made sure it had its enough stage time. <laughs> oh lord! Good, good. Uh, let's talk about um, beers. Who opened the show? Adel, you opened the show. Oh, I did. Ooh, so, um, it's, I mean, so the, I will say the, the peanut butter milk stout, which is exactly what it sounds, um, did improve over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually it's got this, a bit of an acrid slash roasted finish, which really like once that was in my taste register, it helps smooth out that middle ground that I was kind of complaining about. Mm. Um, so I would say like a third of the can in, I stopped having that real weird gap feeling of, oh, there's this really interesting dynamic and there's this, but in the middle, there's this awkward peanut buttery taste that I'm not here for. Once I had enough of it, um, on my palate, the finish was like bridging that, like, I'm still not done that tin. So it's not like I was like drinking it quickly such that I was masking that middle. It just, it just sort of worked, um, which which is uh, a plus, I think, because that was the only thing that was like. It was novel, but I actually think if you're just interested in the milk stout, um, and because of, again, the underlying, the, even just stout, because it's not super sweet like some other milk stouts. It's like, and it's all bundled in well together. But ultimately, it's got to be the Wiper and True Kaleidoscope. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a, a fantastic beer, uh, and it hits the spot really well in, in the tail end of summer slash the beginning of, um, well, climate change fall. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and, and again, it, I actually think this version right now is really good. It's really strong. Mm. In the sense of you really do get the, the best of the citrus Simcoe mosaic and they're well balanced and you, yeah, it, it's got that zippiness, but it's got that, um, like this is a, this is a beer. It's refreshing. It's got depth, but it's also not in your face. And again, I, I always go back to wiper and true with how do you manage to do these things while still not being like, boisterous level of flavor like it's a mystery to me because every other beer i have who can do i've ever had it that had, like does those types of things does them much more forcefully mm. um but actually there's just enough like zesty zippiness especially on the foretaste of the the current run of the um kaleidoscope that it's it's peppy enough that like yeah i would reach for this like i have several tins and i'm not going to just I was worried that, oh, when am I going to be in the mood for one? And actually, given that it's quite warm out, but actually, I think I'm going to probably, you know, tomorrow afternoon, if it's as hot as this evening, I'll probably reach for one just because it's exactly what I want. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Good. Uh, I may have to um, convince you. I don't think I have to convince you, but we'll have to talk about maybe a little bit of a trade on the, um, you know, maybe the 10 cans or 11 cans that you have left. Um, talking about supermarket beers, um, 
I may have had a couple of very good stouts mm. from the supermarket, from Morrison's, and I know Morrison's isn't anywhere near you, so mm-hmm. I, I may I have to yeah. visit, I have to visit one uh, tomorrow, and I think I have to come over your way for a job on Thursday, so I may drop in. Yeah, yeah. If you want, beers. if you want to trade two dollar beers, <laughs> let's get the supermarket beers. They're only like fifty p. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you give me four and I give you one. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Lucy, <laughs> how about you? Oh. I mean, the West Marley tra- Trappist beer is going to win any week, really. But, um, mm. yeah, I wasn't. I still wasn't that convinced by the this particular overturn. Um Got to pick up on a bit more like well, the pininess and the um, mm-hmm. bitterness after a while, but um, yeah, that kind of like artificial sweetness um, just just front loaded the, the taste, and I couldn't get it out of my head or my uh, or my taste bud. So that pretty much dominated. Um, it's still not a bad beer. Um, I'd say in terms of like artificial sweetness, it's not even the biggest culprit in that tent um, in that um, respect but mm. yeah it's just something I couldn't get away from with that one but I, I honestly do recommend the rest of their beers because every one of theirs I've had I've enjoyed and as, as I say if it wasn't full from dinner I probably would have smashed that one back anyway but um, what was yeah, the other one what was the other one you have <sighs> this one is a lotus oat cream Nipa, which uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I'll yeah. put that one back in the fridge. Um, but yeah, I've had one of their Whit beers that was called Whitman. Um, had some over the weekend that were just have like a, quite a good range of like just IPAs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, as I say, definitely recommend them. They're, they're kind of my like little obsession at the moment. Um, yeah, some cracking beers, but. Nice. So definitely seek them out, but yeah. I mean, the Trappist beer is going to win most weeks. Um, just also seek that out if you can. Um, I, I don't know, they stock those in like... I'm pretty sure I've seen them stocked in like high street stores or something. Like really? That's my, I'm pretty mm. sure I once saw them. Or maybe it's just... Maybe it's just like your standard like, you know, beer shop or something like mm. that that I saw them in, but... We might, you know, you can usually find. Them. We might yeah. have to have like a big Belgian week or something where we we dig in. We get three. We get you know. We get the That's the, 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 the worst <laughs> Marlow. We get the Rock right We get the Delirium, mm. and yeah. we kind of just chill and get drunk. But, well, um, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, get drunk, yeah. Get drunk and 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 yeah. kind of compare. Not even compare, but just chat about those because I don't think we've done that you know we've all had them we obviously we've all had them but we all had them kind of like individually uh, yeah. and never done like a like a drink along I suppose well, really yeah I mean I think we went the last place we went when I was down well, that's what I was going to say is the the yeah. beer emporium is upstairs yes, it was beer emporium yes and uh, was quite I was fucked by that point, yeah. Yeah. You were fine, but then... You, you know, I mean, you, you weren't incoherent, but you were definitely drunk to the point where I'm not surprised you were... You didn't... It didn't immediately jump to mind as, oh, yeah, because then we we spent, like, an hour drinking, um, at I least an it, hour. 
Belgian yeah, hit him right at the end because he was like coherent, fine. Hi, yeah, we'll go home and have a nice. You fall asleep nice on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Yep. Anything of it? I think it was just like, yep, yeah, whoosh. Especially if you'd been drinking the uh, night before, just hit you like a mm. like a tray. So like, oh, the- a comfortable <laughs> seat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's literally what it was. Just fine, you know, walking down the street and then just like a bus hit you. <laughs> just yeah, drop like a sack of shit. Um, good, yes. And we we haven't had a, a, a an episode where we've drank the same beers um, for a while. for a long time. Yeah. So we will uh, have a look at that perhaps um, in the in the coming weeks. Um, that's all of our beers. Did I talk about mm-hmm. mine? No, I didn't talk about mine. Uh, uh, it's a left-handed joint. <laughs> I kind of alluded to it. I liked it. Yep. Yes. It's a lovely beer. I, I on LHD today online. Nice. Um, is it the Sky Above or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Sky Above. Yeah. Five, That's a good beer. Uh, yeah, yeah, but 12 of them. What I have last week? Quid, Fern, Fern and Fossil. That was good. I mean, you, you can never go wrong with left-handed giant, really. Absolutely. Uh, and normally you can never go wrong with Northern Monk. No, very good also. Um, transient, mm, I'd try it again. Maybe under different circumstances, maybe kind of in the middle mm. of a warm day um, as like a, oh. a as an easy afternoon beer. I mean, it doesn't appear to be kind of that 7.4%. Presents itself perhaps as something a little bit bigger, a little bit kind of not, you know, it's not sessionable as such, but it didn't drink like a bigger beer um, mm. and the flavours just kind of just hitting against each other throughout that whole um, throughout that whole beer they're just they're just bashing against each other whereas the left hand of giant had a couple of similar notes not many but a couple of similar notes and it just oh, it was so good it just flowed so easily throughout um, and just leaves you with a lovely um Lovely aftertaste, which just goes and goes and goes and goes. Uh, and I can absolutely see why Adult, um, you know, it's a lovely tee up to some, you know, some bigger beers. I think I'd had a cut of IP or had an IPA and then had another IPA on the next round. And then we moved into sort of like, oh no, we had the sour next after that, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and then we moved into the, moved on to the bigger stouts. Um, I can definitely see how this would open you up to to just kind of keep going for the rest of the day, really. Um, So yes, that is my beer. Uh, That is all of the beers this week. If you'd like to tell us about what you're drinking or what you're playing, you can do so at um, Out of Lives Cast on Twitter. We're also on Instagram, which... We've, I've been massively lazy on it. I just can't be fucked. Yeah, it's uh, uh, social hmm. media. The devil, um, I think we've all been avoiding it. We have, absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, since lockdown, yeah. I think we've kind of um, pulled away from it. I think maybe it hasn't been since lockdown, but maybe I think actually since um, since America fucking completely lost its yeah. shit. And... Um, <laughs> Not the first time. It, no, not for the first time. Uh, but at least um, with the killing of George Floyd, um, when everything kicked off again and Black Lives Matter um, kicked up, we kind of gave a bit of space for that and to stop filling everyone's feed with our shit 
I just haven't been fucked since then. Because um, there's much more important things, in my opinion, on beers and games. It's hard. If you want my opinion on beers and games, you're probably listening to us now. So, yes. there we go. Um, long may my absence of social media continue. Um, <laughs> you can, if you want to talk to me. I've, I've tweeted a couple of things at Nova underscore 47. I tweeted about Spirit Fair. I'm still thinking about that. Or at least mm. I was the other couple of days ago. Um, Lucy. Yeah, I finished that as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. If people want to tweet or talk to you in yeah. some way about their experiences with Spirit Fair. How do they do that? Uh, Juicy Loose Nine on Twitter and everywhere else. Um, come, come, beat me at Tony Hawk! I dare you. <laughs> um, how? Okay. Before we get to to Adol's, um handles, how do people connect with you, kind of on on Tony Hawk? Because I, I know in some games there's like a leaderboard and stuff. <laughs> I think you can go into a. <laughs> I think you can go into a lobby with your friends. Right. I think you can okay. invite friends, but I don't think it's a private lobby. I think um, they still populate the match with okay. however many people's needed for a full match, like eight people or something like that. So, and are you all? Um, do you all inhabit the space at the same time? Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. It's it's like <laughs> it's like early early online infrastructure. It's like oh. I don't even think there's. Voice chatting, <laughs> which is a blessing to say the least, and that's why this game is the purest thing we'll get in twenty. Can you can you bash into people, or do you ghost through them? No, no, no you ghost through them. Oh, so it's not like the skate park. You, if someone if someone bashed into me when I'm on like a times thirty combo or something like that, I'd be very mate. So, so yeah, I mean, but uh, someone can't come down a ramp and just scream you get out of the fucking way, you cunt. <laughs> just mess no, up your no. combo to allow them to just fly through. There's no voice chat again. This mm. is why it's the purest game in 2020. Nice, nice, good. Top of all the lists, uh, Adol. If people want to uh, talk to you, tell you about the beers they're drinking, the games they're playing, games you should play, how do they do that? Uh, you can reach me at the Omniarch, T-H-E-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H, on all of the things except Twitch, where I am at the underscore Omniarch, and um, Tell us I'm about using Twitch my... Streams. Yeah. yeah, I did a weird Twitch stream last week, I enjoyed and I'm glad both came. I did too. Um, uh, so <laughs> one of the things that I've struggled with in lockdown, and in general with, to be honest, no longer being a student on a PhD program, and having no real boss, was like, work habits uh and so um how i work well is in cafe type atmospheres but also using something called my pomodoro technique but basically i realized oh what if i just went online with the description saying i'm working come work with me and i'll i have timer had put timers on the screen because that's how i work effectively um with pomodoro technique you can look it up it's basically to not burn yourself out, you may, every 25 minutes you take a break, and every couple cycles of those you take a longer break. It, it's real. Most a lot of people have sh- have testified that it, it's better than just working too hard throughout the day. Mm. It's how you have longevity throughout weeks. Um, that's how I got through the end of my PhD, where I wrote basically three chapters in two months. 
three, no, four chapters in two and a half months. Yeah, something like that. It was just like schedule working. I had a work environment where I could do that. Uh, don't have that now. And it was like, ah, this might be useful. But also it's kind of just me being like, if I put myself out there, I get that accountability. Yeah. But also if you want to feel like you are working around someone who is working, um, that's what I'm doing. So I'm trying to figure out when to schedule it because um, that would help me immensely. But mm. also if, if I want people to be like, hey, come work together, they should know when I'm going to go online. <laughs> so in the next couple of days, if you look at the Omnia or twitch.tv slash the, the underscore OmniArc, I should have a schedule up with some work times. And then the weird thing will be there might be some I'm playing video game times because like I as someone who was just searching hashtag writing came on and um, and we had good chat and they they got to working and it was good and it helped me stay on task. And they clearly got some work done that maybe they wouldn't have, which was the whole point. Um, but they 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 like gave me a follow. And now it's like, what if I go play some shitty game? You definitely don't want that. Oh, well, <laughs> such is the Internet. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my sort of twitchy thing but also yeah my philosophy thing might go that way too i'm sort of thinking of different ideas of like yeah you put something up on on, on there i don't know if it was just what you were writing but i was, oh. I was busy making a cup of tea i didn't see it. i saw text on there oh yeah so so that was one of the things that i struggled with which was do i show my face as guy working mm. if the point is come work with me or if you're interested do i show you what i'm working on mm. And I think bouncing between the two, I'm not sure yet. Um, you're, you're a very attractive man, so just just the face. That helps. <laughs> um, yeah. But it does bring up that, like, I also want to talk philosophy, and I actually I think that given that universities are all, thanks to COVID, doing a lot of online things, mm. I could also do online teaching and discussion of philosophy in a way that you don't have to pay nine grand for, and that might be interesting <laughs> and also help me... Um, <laughs> Right, like it just it, it might help me develop pedagogically, but also interact. And some of yeah. that might be like, "Hey, I'm working on this," but also let me have a Friday afternoon session or whatever, like to just talk through my current project or yeah. a thing that like we cover in philosophy as um, as instructors or as as coursework. But like, if you don't have access to that because you're not enrolled in a philosophy degree, but you're interested, hey, we're talking about this thing. Like the trolley problem, which everyone knows about, but no one really knows about. Because did you know the trolley problem is in a paper about abortion? Bet you didn't. No. But uh, I just yeah. know, always push that person onto the railway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard mean, to... Really, you just have to look at your look at things and be like, hey, look, I'm not in the trolley. I'm not on the tracks. <laughs> so all these thought experiments, I'm fine. Just Don't walk you away. just explode the trolley first? <laughs> Nah, you just uh, isn't the whole point of it is like you being an active participant. Yeah, it's just, you, you, you being yeah. a decision point. Yes, I'm yes. aware. But I would run in the opposite <laughs> direction and be like, "Let fate sort this out." But yeah. I mean, but that's just not flipping the switch. <laughs> yes. So you've made yes, a decision. But not flipping the switch really? condemns people. The whole point is you have the opportunity to flip the switch, and there are two <sighs> jeopardized parties. It doesn't matter. Um, I would not be anywhere near a train track. I'd be inside running from covid i mean but, so um, one of the things actually i i have a i have a small well i have the the proto makings of a paper on is on thought experiments because it's not always clear that they help but they sound like they do mm. but like there's a lot of idealizations yeah. about them like 
the only thing you can do in this is flip the switch or not flip the switch. And your ingenuity and resourcefulness as a human don't come into account because what we're testing is a very narrow thing. Mm-hmm. But then if we're talking about morals, which aren't black and white, is that a good example <laughs> situation to, to show what the right thing to do is or where the tension well, is? Well, that's why they, they, they always describe it as a fat guy, don't they? Well, like, so I just, yeah, I mean, th- so people <laughs> yeah. change that, though. So yeah. some philosophy instructors have been, because the, the point was never to have a fat guy in the sense of fat guy bad, but our culture has fat shaming. Yeah, um, the point was just really one body could stop the tram and save the multiple bodies. And so one of the, because I'm in a couple of Facebook groups, and one of the, one instructor's like, yeah, yeah I, I, someone's literally yesterday brought this up. Hey, this seems really anti fat <laughs> and and one of the person's like oh i for years i've just been like describing it as the biggest person you can think of like the mountain from game of thrones because mm. the point is it's one person in the way that will stop the trolley not but the mountain doesn't have that cultural baggage mm. and judgment and so it turns out people will respond differently yes that's what i thought was like mm. really interesting how originally it was just a person and then it evolved into no, this one fat guy. <laughs> this is like, okay. Well, and I think the author who did the fat thing was was literally yeah. trying to play into making it feasible, of, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, oh, someone needs to be able to stop the trolley. But of course, the whole thing is contrived. So actually, all you're doing is bringing up extra shit. Yeah, Anywho, yeah, yeah. we are everything. wrapping yeah. things up, and I am now <laughs> talking way more shop than I thought I was going to be. Uh, so I'm doing weird things on the internet with regards to my non-video game life is what I was going to say. Other than M&S, uh, S&M, M&M. Uh, yeah. <laughs> M&M, S&M at the uh, M&S. I mean, that, that, that might come up. Yeah. That might come up at some point on the on the stream. Who is it moral knows? to engage in <laughs> F&M with the M&M? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, so if you're curious, I'm hoping to have some more information on at least the Twitch. I'm not sure what else to do, but um, yeah, the underscore I'm Narek on Twitch. Good. Um, you can get all of us at Out of Lives Network on Twitter. Go to outoflives.net as well. So look at articles, listen to us, see our faces and all of that sort of stuff. Um, you can also see our faces on the video on demand option on Twitch or over on uh, the Out of Lives Network page on YouTube. Come and see the beers, come and see our faces if you're an audio listener. Uh, leave us some feedback on whatever device platform thing you are listening or viewing us on as well. It's always appreciated. Um, but I think that is us this week. So goodbye. Thanks. This is Tanked Out. Bye. Sounds like it's a to me. Bye. (laughs) See ya. Ciao. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mine was a bit more. Mine was a bit more robot ASMR. (laughs) Well, but somebody's yipes. I mean, yeah, it probably is. You're right. If you think it's a kink, it it is. www.outoflives.net